Hi guys, my name's Jason and this is the UK Money Podcast. This is a bonus episode. I'm throwing this together really, really quickly um, because of all the craziness that is happening with GameStop. So there's no intro music. I'm not going to um, be talking about anything today other than this whole issue with what's happening with GameStop and what is happening with the stock markets around the world as a result of it. Now, Right off the bat, I am not, repeat, I am not recommending anybody buy GameStop or GME shares. The likelihood is if you got into that stock, you are going to lose your money. So that is not what today is about. But it's a little bit of a confusing situation. Um, there's starting to become a lot more mainstream press about what is happening. So what I just want to do today is just explain the situation and why it is such a big deal. Now, it's a pretty massive issue, so I'm probably not going to be able to touch on every single little bit that is um, involved in this because there's so many different bits and pieces coming off the back of it. But this will hopefully give you a broad overview of the situation um, that you can then kind of follow along what's happening. I think today, this is Friday, the 29th of January, is going to be quite an interesting day to see what how it all plays out. So share this with your mates. Um, if they're not sure what's going on either, please share this far and wide. So... The first thing we need to talk about is uh, what is what it, what happens when you short a stock because essentially that's what has brought all of this to a head. Now, GameStop is or GME, which is the ticker on the New York Stock Exchange, is a retail gaming company that sell like video games and consoles and stuff in bricks and mortar retail shops. So in the UK, think of something like Game, the shop Game. Um, if you're in Australia, you can think of like EB Games, something like that. So. Bricks and mortar retail is obviously under a lot of pressure in general anyway, um, and given what's happened with the pandemic that uh, and lockdowns all, all over the world and stuff, that is um, just kind of increasing that, that pressure that they're feeling. So GameSpot in, a, in, in the US was one of the most heavily shorted, I think the most heavily shorted stocks in the country. Now, what it means when you short a stock is essentially a it's normally a hedge fund that does it. Regular retail investors can do it as well, but it's mo- it's mainly like institutional investors or or um, or uh, professional investors that will do this like hedge funds. And effectively, what they do in order to short a stock is if if they think that the value is going down, they will borrow the stock from somebody else to begin with. So let's say the current market price of the sh- of, a, of a share is ten pounds. And I decide that I think that price is going to go down. So I'm going to try and make a profit off that. I borrow your share. The value is currently £10. I pay you like a bit of interest or a fee or whatever for that. I then sell the share on the market straight away. So I've borrowed your share and I've sold it for a tenner. So I've got 10 in my pocket. Now, what I'm expecting to happen is that stock to fall in price. Let's say it falls to five quid. In a couple of months' time, when our kind of contract runs out and I need to give you your share back, I can then go back to the market, buy that share back for five quid, and then give it back to you. So I've borrowed your share for a bit, I've sold it for 10, I've then rebought it back for five, given it back to you, and I've pocketed five quid at the end of the day. Now, that is effectively, in a really simple, straightforward way, how shorting a stock will work. Now, there is obviously a lot more to it than than that. That's a very simplified exp- explanation. But part of what kind of gets um, a bit, quite a lot of bad press really with, with some of these hedge funds is that they don't necessarily 
and they don't allegedly just rely on market forces to make that that um, that share price drop. So there are often um, accusations of them um, putting negative press out in the media about a particular company that they've shorted, trying to make, uh, manipulate the volume and some of the um, information that comes through on the trading side of things to make people sort of scared and 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 kind of push that that share price down. So there's often these rumors about um, hedge funds shorting a stock and then working hard to try and make sure that their shorts actually um, come to play and that that share price falls in value. And that's essentially what has allegedly been happening with um, this really big hedge fund, Melvin, uh, well, this hedge fund, Melvin Capital um, and GameStop. They were very heavily shorted. Now, when I say very heavily shorted, the level of outstanding loans, so the level of outstanding shorts, has actually been higher than the number of shares that are available for sale. So if you think that um, there are 150 loan contracts out there and there are only 100 shares that I can buy to pay back those loans, you can kind of imagine how that could potentially put some pressure on share prices because at the end of the day, it comes down to supply and demand, the stock market. And what you would see there is a lot of demand because there's 150 contracts that need to be closed off, but only 100 shares available to buy. Now, in normal times or you know, under normal circumstances, that's probably not a, necess- a, a really wise decision because you are uh, – that putting yourself in a position where there's a lot of potential risk there. But often what can happen is these these hedge funds are able to close out their positions over time. So what they're not doing is waiting until that final day of that contract being up and then racing out and trying to buy 150 um, units to pay back all the loans. Normally what will happen is over time they will look to close off their positions bit by bit so that by the time they get to the end of that period, they've been able to close them all out. Because remember, even if there's only 100 shares available for sale, they're not just available for sale once. So they could buy um, buy back one of those shares um, today and then somebody else has resold another share which they can then buy back to close out another position and so on and so forth. So that in and of itself is not necessarily, it's a high-risk strategy, but it's not the only um, big issue here. The really big issue has come off the back of this internet forum on, uh, on Reddit, Wall Street Bets. And I've talked about Reddit before. And Wall Street Bets is kind of like this um, this cowboy Wild West kind of um, finance um, subreddit where they talk about crazy, they make crazy stock bets. Um, they chuckle their life savings into a one-off, they call it YOLOing. You only live once, chucking all their life savings into a massively risky bet on the hope that it will make them into a multimillionaire overnight. Now, there's a poster on there um, called Deep Fucking Value who he um, has did a lot of research on this. Um, it turns out he's a financial advisor from Massachusetts in the US. And he started posting um, quite a long time ago, back in 2019, how he felt that Number one, that GameStop was actually undervalued anyway. So uh, there was some changes to the board. Um, it looked like their business was kind of looking to um, looking to pivot a little bit and try and take advantage and move move away from having all of their profit from purely just traditional bricks and mortar retail. So he felt the stock was undervalued. Um, they had a lot of cash on on the balance sheet and. That was combined by the fact that he saw how heavily shorted this business was. So he started to produce some research quite a long time ago, like I say, in 2019, um, onto this Wall Street Bets Reddit forum. Now, 
to begin with, people were kind of, it took a long time for people to pay any notice to him, to be honest, from what I've seen. Um, there was, people thought he was pretty, pretty stupid um, to be doing that. But over time, um, the share price started to increase a little bit. People started to see um, there was potentially some merit in what he was saying. And that has essentially snowballed massively. So more and more people started to pile into the, to the share. And as you can imagine, if there's pressure by more people wanting to buy it, then the demand side of the equation starts to increase, which then means the price rises. So the price started to rise. That then makes the um, that then makes the um, what's the word I'm looking for? It starts to create this snowball effect where it starts to look like a more attractive bet, which attracts more people to it, and so on and so on and so on. Now. That has kind of really massively snowballed over time. But the key reason why this is such a problem is because you've got a combination of two things. You've got the um, massive short position on one side, and then you've got massive demand for the share on the other side. And that combination is what's known as a short squeeze. Now, remember at the start where I said that these that hedge fund needs to close out their positions. In order for that hedge fund to close out their positions, there needs to be enough shares for them to buy. And if you have a whole bunch of people who are buying up all those shares and not selling them, that means there's a very small amount of supply available on the market. And it gets to this point where that hedge fund needs to close out their positions at almost any cost. Because the key risk with shorting a stock is your upside is unlimited. You know, if uh, sorry, your downside is unlimited. Um you know, in that in that initial um, when I was explaining it in the initial example, the the market price that I borrowed that share from you was ten pounds. Hypothetically, if that share went to a thousand pounds, I still need to buy that. I still need to close out my position to give you your share back. So that is the battle that we're in at the moment because effectively, what the um, hedge fund is trying to do is it's trying to keep the price as low as possible because as the price is low, they're trying to buy more shares to close out more of those positions. And you've got this massive internet forum, which now has over 5 million members. Um, and you've got mainstream media on top of it. You've got senators in the US talking about it. So you've got that side of the equation trying to buy up as many shares as possible and hold them so that that hedge fund can't, can't fulfill their closed positions. And this is all coming to a head. This all this all uh, comes to a head when those contracts are required to be paid back. Because if if I don't have that con, if I um, if my contract is due next Friday, and I've got to actually fulfil all, all of those obligations by then, that means I've got a week to try and buy shares when the price drops a bit, and you know try and fill as many of those positions as possible. The problem comes is when Friday rolls around. If I've still got 30 of my contracts outstanding, I need to buy 30 shares and I need to pay whatever I have to pay in order to get them. And that's the main issue there because that, that with, with GameStop in, in, in particular, what we're talking about here is that there is this kind of standoff between people holding the shares. If they hold them long enough, hypothetically, they could pretty much name their price when the time comes. And now, there's been a lot of conjecture. There's obviously different contracts, so they're not all coming into play on one particular day, but there's been a lot of talk about today, the 29th of January, as being the day when a vast majority of Melvin Capital's um, contracts come into uh, need to be need to be closed off. So it is going to be an incredibly interesting day, and it's going to be crazy to see exactly what happens. So the reason why this is such a high-risk gamble for the Wall Street's bets crowd or people getting into the stock now is because there's no guarantee that this short squeeze is actually going to happen. No one actually has the information 
on um, what the, when these contracts all expire. There's like some broad information about the percentage of shorts um, that are out there and stuff, but there isn't the data for anyone to actually look very um, specifically and say, this will definitely happen on Friday or this will definitely happen on Tuesday or this will definitely happen at all. So you do have this situation where people have been buying into this story and buying into this stock at $100, $200, $300, $400. And that stock could go back to, 20, to six bucks, which is what it was a year or so ago, around somewhere around there, it was single digits anyway. So this isn't a guarantee. This isn't a situation where it's a no-brainer. They are very intelligent people that run these funds. They know the markets inside out. They know what they're doing. They know how to manipulate retail investors and scare people into to selling and doing whatever. So there is every real chance that this will go to turn out to be an absolute flop for people who've invested in it. So it is incredibly volatile and it is incredibly risky. Now, that's pretty interesting to me just off the back of that. That whole kind of short squeeze situation is pretty crazy. It has happened once before with Volkswagen back in 2008, and apparently um, their shares went up to into the tens of thousands of dollars for a very short period of time. Um, and Volkswagen was the biggest company in the world by market cap because of that for a very short period of time. So that issue in and of itself is pretty crazy but it gets better. So one of the biggest trading platforms in the US, especially um, for retail investors, regular people, is um, a company called Robinhood. Um, and there's loads of other different companies that are very similar to them. And in the UK, the biggest is probably Trading212. And their main thing is that they offer commission-free or cost-free trading. So you can buy a share and effectively it doesn't cost you anything. Um, now, that's very different to like the traditional brokers like um, who often charge you like um, 10 quid or something to buy a share. Now, again, I'm definitely not recommending trading 212 or Robinhood or anyone like that, especially after this, um, but that's just telling you, it's kind of explaining that situation. So they offer commission-free trading. It's been a boon for regular investors supposedly because it means you, the people who generally would have been probably priced out of um, would, have been, would have been too expensive really to buy loads of shares, can now be doing it via these free apps. However, as we all know in the days of Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and data sharing and, and Google and all this, free ain't free, right? If, if you're not paying for a service, the company's making money somehow. Robinhood and Trading212 aren't just providing a share trading platform out of the kindness of their hearts. So it's Transcribed, transcribed, is that the right word? Transpired, I think is the right word. It's transpired that actually the way that a lot of these um, these free trading apps are making their money is by passing data and passing deal flow and trading information back to these hedge funds. So hypothetically, and I think this is, you know, this is all alleged. I don't know whether this is actually the case. I've not seen any documentation in front of my own eyes, but this is kind of what what is what is out there at the moment that the rumor is, is that um, they will provide that deal flow information to these hedge funds a couple of milliseconds before the trades actually go through. So you put a trade in on trading 212 to buy whatever stock, and then that's being done a million times all over the world from a bunch of different other investors as well. And then that information is being passed to the hedge funds who have you know algorithms and computer trading and stuff so that a person doesn't need to look at it in those two milliseconds, but they get they can see what's happening before it actually happens and then make their decisions based off the back of that. Now, apparently that's legal. Um, it sounds pretty sketchy to me, um, but apparently that is that is legal. But that is one of the ways in which they're making their money. Now, 
that's also compounded by the fact that there is a lot of like cross ownership um, between some of these hedge funds and some of these trading platforms as well. And the big reason why that has become such a massive issue is because yesterday, a bunch of these free trading platforms basically stopped people being able to buy some of these stocks. Now, it's not just GameStop. There's a couple of other ones. There's AMC, BlackBerry. Again, not recommending any of these at all. They're hella volatile, super risky. You will probably lose money if you invest in them. But they are all kind of along this same, they're being invested in in the same kind of way at the moment. Now, these trading platforms flat out said, we will not let you buy these stocks anymore. And the excuse for a lot of them was that they were mitigating the risk for their clients. They still would allow you to sell those stocks. So they didn't halt trade on them completely. But they said, we are not allowing you to buy those stocks. Now, the reason why this is a really big problem is because they didn't stop the hedge funds buying the stocks. The hedge funds don't use Trading212. They don't use Robinhood. They have their own brokerage platforms that they use, institutional ones that are very different to the ones that we use. So they were, they might even, some of them might even complete the brokerage itself. They don't even need a, a, uh, an intermediary. So this is where the problem has come about because if you remember when I was explaining before, you've got the two sides of this war. You've got the hedge funds trying to buy as many shares as possible at a, as low a price as possible to keep that price down. And then you've got the Wall Street bets crowd, the Reddit crowd, the anti-government, anti-establishment crowd, whatever, anti-Wall Street rather, um, trying to buy up as many shares and hold them to force this short squeeze. And that second side of the equation, the people trying to buy up the shares and force the short squeeze weren't able to do that. So the price fell quite a lot yesterday um, and there's been a huge amount of um, of buzz on Twitter especially about this because this to a lot of people, looks like outright market manipulation. Looks like, again, allegedly, it looks like these hedge funds have gone to these trading platforms and said, we are screwed. We need your help to stop retail investors buying these shares because we need to keep the price down. And the hope is obviously that, that by keeping that price down, it will spook people because they're able to still sell those, those shares. It will spook people into selling, which will allow them to close off more of their positions. Now, this is um, not some um, crazy um, niche area of the internet that is screaming about this. Um, Alexandria um, Ocasio-Ortez, a senator from the US, she's quite a famous um, politician over there. She's on the Financial Services Commission, Committee of the Senate, Senate and she's, um, she's requested an urgent hearing to look at why, why these, these platforms stopped retail traders allowed to buy, why they're sort of getting in the way of the free market. Ted Cruz, who's a complete opposite to her, he's a Republican, he's a, he's a very Trumpian kind of guy, um, is on board with this as well. Mark Cuban, owner of Dallas Mavericks, um, loads and loads of, of very, um, Donald, Trump, Donald Trump Jr., loads of um, very influential people from both sides of the political spectrum have a real problem with this because it is really, um, it doesn't seem fair. So that is effectively the issue in a nutshell. If you want to do some more research on it, it's, it the, the term of what's going on is what's known as a short squeeze. Um, like I say, there's a lot there that I've not kind of explained in detail because it is, it's a massively in-depth topic. I'm just trying to give a really kind of broad overview of it. Um, there's no telling where this is going to go from here. There's a lot of talk about apparently the White House and the SEC, which is um, – 
the Securities Exchange Commission, I think it stands for. It's like the regulator in the US. So it's kind of like the Financial Conduct Authority here in the UK. So they are apparently looking at this. There's even talk of them getting involved with the people on the internet forums and trying to um, investigate them for market manipulation. There's obviously lots of people talking about the hedge funds being done for market manipulation. It is a crazy story. It is going to be a mental outcome either way. Um, there's not really any telling how it's going to all end, end up and what the the fallout will be from this. But all I can say is that for me, I've been um, I've been in this industry. I've been in the personal finance in- industry for 15, 16 years now, and this is the craziest situation I've seen. To me, this is even more crazy than the. Um, than the financial crisis in 2008. That was a lot of shady stuff going on. Obviously, we've seen movies like The Big Short. It's all a very uh, mental situation. But just the – the um, this is so out in the open. Um, I would suggest jumping on Twitter. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot of – as I said, there's lots of crazy people talking about conspiracies and stuff, but there's a lot of really mainstream – people with the head switched on who are also providing some really good um, takes on this as well. So I would suggest um, going going there and checking it out. Again, it's a mental situation, but yeah, share this around. I'd like to, um, if you have any questions about it, let me know. I'll do my best to answer them. But um, yeah, this is a bonus episode, like I say, guys. So regular kind of finance topics will come next week, but I just wanted to get this out there and try and cover off on this issue. All the best, guys. Have a great weekend. Chat to you soon. Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about my free weekly newsletter, also called The Hedge. Every week I comb through all the social feeds and news websites to cut through the noise and bring you the latest news and ideas in investing, business, entrepreneurship and personal development. As with all content from The Hedge, the aim is to help you grow your wealth in a way that allows you to be your real, authentic self. If you'd like to sign up, you can find the link as well as the links to all our other content at thehedge.io.